Welcome to an episode of the Sports Genes Into the Lab podcast, where sports analysts and experts dissect the latest news from the NBA and NFL, giving you a unique view on some of the hottest topics around your favorite teams. From the fresh field smells of the NFL to the hardwood courts of the NBA and possibly your comfy couch for your fantasy football team. Let's see what kind of news the lab is working with today. Here's your host from the Sports Analytics Headquarters in San Antonio, Texas, Ernest Silva. Brought to you by the Sport Gene, powered by Overtime Heroics, and the exclusive NFL Pick'em episode for this week. We have our panel of experts bringing the latest information straight to your ears. And like always, person, stay tuned for our expert picks on money line options and picks against the spread. I'm the sports analyst leading you through today's Lab Power Hour, Ernest Silva, at the Sport Gene for those taking notes and ready to get this show started from the Sports Analytics Headquarters in San Antonio, Texas. If you've been been steering you some great laughs and maybe some not so suitable for work humor, but tons of fun with sports sports analysis on this week's NFL matchups ahead. So before we get things started with the latest buzz in our three round segment, let's see who our panelists are for today's show. Our first panelist goes by the most interesting name in the world, which is just Paul. Football hockey gambling writer for Overtime Heroics. Twitter handle at Steel Curtain P-E-H. Paul. Hey, guys. What's going on? Glad to be back. Our second panelist of fantasy football and NFL betting expert switching between whiskey, milk, and beer, making his picks from Bali, Indonesia, the biggest wrestling fan in the world. Twitter handle at Dre2124. Man of the future, Dre Rogers. Yo, how about the Mastros, baby? (laughs) (laughs) Hell yeah. Our third panelist, a Falcons beat writer for Overtime Heroics and fantasy football expert for Time Skewed, a specialist in all things football, Twitter handle at the Phantom Jazzy, first time money line and against the spread week six pick'em champion, Miles Bloomquist. Dual champion, baby. I'm going to get that Joe Flacco jersey. Miles sounds hype. How about them Falcons? Our first round is going to be about NFL. (laughs) You really had to ruin my night like that. (laughs) We're going to talk about all of the newest NFL news, and then we'll start off with some quick highlights going down as there's a ton of things hitting the headlines and hitting our phones. So let's start off. Brock Osweiler, the journeyman, the next Tom Brady, or the first next Tom Brady, has officially retired at the age of 28. Good to know you, Brock. Emmanuel Sanders playing Thursday night football <laughs> after getting knocked out of Sunday's game. Of course, he's basically Iron Man. He gets hit, knocked out, and he's back recovered two days later, and he's playing Thursday night. So check your rosters if you're playing fantasy football for Emmanuel Sanders, but be careful. No mono, no problem. Sam Darno comes out looking great against the Cowboys, and that's all I'm going to say about that. Trubisky making a comeback. Sounds like uh, Matt Nagy is loving Trubisky in practice, says he's looking for a scheduled return against the Saints this week. Fitzpatrick makes the news all over, gets the start, and Josh Rosen gets the clipboard. But, of course, he goes up against that stingy Patriots defense. 
And the Niners and Patriots remain as the only undefeated teams in the NFL through week six. So as we hit those real quick notes, we're going to go ahead and go over some more analysis with Dre Rogers. And let's take our issues over to Los Angeles. So the Los Angeles Rams sputter without Todd Gurley this past week, but with a full practice today, do the Rams still rely on Todd Gurley or is there a bigger issue with the offense? You know, it's it, it's very difficult to figure out what's going on with Todd Gurley as, you know, last week's injury came out of nowhere. And, uh, you know, one week he's fine and then the next week he's injured. So it, it, it's pretty weird to know what, what what's going on. And I, I, if I was the Rams, I, I, I'd probably... I don't think they're they're concerned at all because I just think they're playing with us like they did in, in their playoff run last year, you know, because Todd Gurley seemed to be fine. And then out of nowhere, he started, you know, not receiving as many carries as he used to in the past. And then they started using CJ Anderson. So I don't know. Maybe it's a way to, for, for the Rams to, you know, try to decrease his uh, usage throughout the season and, and, you know, like sit him out like basketball teams do to, to top stars. Maybe that's what they're doing. And basically they're, they're just faking his injuries. I, I'm really not sure what's going on with them, but, uh, so, that's interesting. You know, so you're, you're thinking it's a Greg Popovich approach with, with where he rests his players with Kawhi Leonard or how Toronto rested Kawhi last year. So he was fresh in the playoffs. You're thinking it's more of that type of strategy. Not so much that Gurley is hurt. Yeah, I think that's exactly what's happening because, you know, the, the injury came out of nowhere and it's it's just weird, you know? <laughs> and then I, I, bet, I bet if he comes back out this week or next week, he's going to be perfectly fine. So it, I, think, I think it's somewhere in those lines. Okay. All right. Now, let, on the other side of the ball, though, the Rams make a huge addition for two first-round picks adding Jalen Ramsey from the Jaguars, who hadn't been playing the last three weeks uh, for his own purposes. They didn't want to play for the Jags. And does that make the Rams' defense elite, or does that just make them very good? You know, it was was an interesting day for the Rams. And, uh, you know, once they traded Marcus Peters to the Ravens, it it was so funny on social media because everyone was talking, you know, trash about the Rams, how they – how how was it possible for them to get rid of their best cornerback when they just put, you know, Talib on injury reserve? And it was it, it was crazy. And then I, I even saw a tweet of somebody. It's like, ah, look at them. They're so scared of the 49ers that, you know, they're starting to <laughs> do a fire sale. And then, boom, out of nowhere, Ramsey. Uh you know, some people say that uh, it was a very risk risky trade because, you know, it's two first-round picks, but you don't always get the best cornerback or the, the best player at the position in the league. Now, obviously, Ramsey comes with a little bit of risk because, you know, he I think he's in, he, he controls uh, uh, the negotiation part right now because he could – you know, pretend to be faking his injuries so he could, you know, maybe get a race from the Rams or something like that. So, uh, you know, that that also comes with risk. As far as the question, 
I don't think it takes the Rams to that elite level because let's face it, uh, we we've seen their defense play this year and, and and it's been miserable. So, you know, it might take them a couple. Ramsey Ramsey takes the place of Peters, but then you don't have a safety anymore. So, you know, it, it might just make them back to being decent or, or being a little bit good. But but they're not at that level yet. Maybe they need to make a couple more trades. <laughs> Real funny story on that is that somebody made a a special interest bet. I don't know if it was legal or not, but he had the paper ticket to prove it, and it was eighteen to one that Jalen Ramsey goes to uh, Los Angeles uh, as a trade. And he made the bet, and he said they asked him why would you make the bet for Los Angeles? There was no link to Los Angeles because a lot of a lot of analysts said I, they had no clue. And he said, well, "What was in the name?" So I chose it. Hey, what are the odds of that? That's ridiculous. Ah. <laughs> that's that's wow. got to be the... I just, that, that just pissed me off. Easy. And he put 50 grand on it, too. Like, that. that's that's nuts. Blows my mind. All right. Well, let's take things over to a, to a division that's really kind of full of question marks and, and go to the AFC North. And I'm going to bring in Paul now. And, and Paul, Mason Rudolph, he's cleared for the field of battle. What does that make implication-wise for the Steelers with... A sort of cupcake second half of the year. Yeah, first of all, a couple things. I'm glad that the Steelers actually took the time, set him out. Uh, you've seen just like with Emmanuel Sanders. I mean, the guy was blacked out on the field. They didn't put winning over ahead of uh, his safety. So I'm good. I'm glad about that. Um, a lot of the talk around here this week has been about Devlin Hodges and it might be a quarterback controversy. I don't think so at all. Uh, Rudolph will be back as the starter. But I do think that Hodges is our next Charlie Batch, uh, the career backup. You know, the guy that can come in. He's not afraid of the moment. He'll take the check down. You know, and he can go two and two when your starter's out. But he missed big throws. I mean, the first throw of the game, Juju blows right by the guy, and he underthrows him by 15 yards. Uh, you know, Rudolph is a start, starting caliber NFL quarterback. I'm not going to say he's the next franchise or whatever. We haven't seen enough out of the kid. But I, I think that as long as the defense continues to play the way it is, um, we lost to it for the year with a peck injury. That's That's a big loss. They do have depth to replace it, but, I mean, he was on a Pro Bowl-type year. Uh, I, I, I like the Steelers where they're headed, um, but there's still question marks as far as the offense playing consistently. Um, I like the mix they're doing right now with uh, Benny Snell and, and Connor. Uh, I thought that helped out. Uh Mm-hmm. I think Benny Snow had 70, yard, 70 yards on Monday, uh, Sunday night. So, mm-hmm. uh, I just like the direction they're heading. But, you know, I, I think Rudolph coming back, we'll, let's get him in there. Let's get him against these teams and kind of find out what we got going into the next year. Now, Steelers trying to play catch-up from behind, right? Because you guys are um, sitting pretty and last in the division. And and you have a team in Cleveland adding Trent Williams to that offensive line and um, give, trying to make something happen with that offense, trying, trying to get some chemistry going in Cleveland. 
Um, is that a big signing? Because to me, that's a huge signing as uh, for Cleveland going forward. And, and what does that do for the division makeup, in your opinion? Yeah, I, I think that's a huge signing for Cleveland. But the, it comes down to, is Freddie Kitchens going to give the ball to Nick Chubb? Nick Chubb is what makes that thing go. If they do that, and they can protect Baker, and they can run the football, they'll be fine. But it just seems like they that's not their plan. I mean, it just seems like they want to force it into OBJ or... They got to get him the ball, and you know, it, I I don't blame Baker totally. I mean, a lot of these picks are off his receivers' hands, and he doesn't have a lot of time. But at the end of the day, you're the number one draft pick, and you're supposed to be the leader of this team. And all I see is a lot of finger pointing and blaming instead of just saying, "Hey, it's on me." So is that a coach problem or more of a quarterback problem in your opinion? I think I think I, I never liked the kitchen hire to begin with. I mean, the guy okay. never even coached a flag football team, let alone an NFL team. And then you <laughs> sit, then you put in all these personalities with him. I mean, I don't I don't know. I you know the AFC North so bad. If they can just put it together a little bit, it'll be okay. But I think whoever wins this division is one and done in the playoffs. Uh, so your, your, yeah, your analysis on this, Paul, is that Cleveland should have stayed out of the kitchen. Got it. Yeah, All right, Miles. Well, let's go over to you and let's let's go to the NFC. Let's go to the NFC South in particular, as the Saints have a pretty big game this week. But Alvin Kamara, high ankle sprain, causing problems, caused hiccups last week, slowed down his production. This week, he's not even practicing. Um, is this a huge hit? Obviously, it's Alvin Kamara. So I already know the answer to that. But is this a huge hit to the point to where we should, we should be concerned for the Saints going forward? How much does this hinder the offense? Um, I, when I was looking, at, I watched the Jacksonville game a bit, and I saw that they were using Latavius Murray more as like a pass catching back more often than Alvin Kamara was. Alvin Kamara only got 11 rushes. Murray only had eight. So when you split that up, that's 19 carries between the two. So they're not running the ball a lot. They're trying to run it through Teddy Bridgewater, which isn't productive so far. I mean, he had the one big game with four touchdowns, but since then, he hasn't done much. Like, in his other games and his other starts, it's only been maybe a touchdown and definitely not for a ton of yards. So, yeah, this is a big problem because Kamara, Kamara almost drives his entire offense, and he's only got two touchdowns on the season. And if you, a high ankle sprain is insanely bad, especially, like, if he plays this weekend, I'd be surprised. Um, but even if he does, it's Latavius Murray is going to be the one getting the carries. And if he's not getting 20 plus carries, this offense isn't going anywhere against the Chicago defense that has proved susceptible to the run, but they're still one of the best defenses in the league. This could easily be a loss for Chicago on Sunday. If, or sorry, for the Saints on Sunday, if, um, if Alvin Kamara isn't fully healthy. Which comes back to my next question. You know, if Alvin Kamara decides, I'm going to do a Saquon, I'm going to sit out three to four weeks, get fully healed, come back 100%, which would be around the same time, maybe a little after Drew Brees were to come back and be healthy again, um, depending on how his progression is with his thumb. Do the Saints, are the Saints able to keep up momentum with a Latavius Murray, Teddy Bridgewater backfield? That sounds like a recipe for disaster, in my opinion. But what are your thoughts on that? <laughs> well, so far, it's been working. They're 5-1. and one. I mean, Kamara's been there, but I've seen Murray quite a bit. I mean, Teddy Bridgewater has been playing since week two now. So, yeah, they're 5-1. and one. This can easily keep going as long as 
they, they just have to play serviceable is what it seems because their defense is stopping a lot of offenses so far. But as soon as it becomes a 20-point game against them, it basically becomes out of their reach. So it sort of relies on their defense at this point to really keep this game tight enough so that way they can just be serviceable enough to win them the game. Got it. Now I'm going to ask all three of you a question, and I saved this as a surprise because I wanted you to be authentic with your answer. And I'm going to give you three answer choices, and I want you to be honest. All right. Dallas Cowboys won three, lost three, and the biggest reason is why. (laughs) And I'm going to give you choices. A, easily Jason Garrett. B, just run the dang ball. Or C, why are you a Cowboys fan? I'm going to start with you, Dre. (laughs) Uh, I'm going to say B because I've always said that if the Cowboys feed Zeke at least 20, 20, if he gets 20 plus carries per game, they're going to have a really good shot of, at winning that game. So B, B is my answer. Miles? I think it's a mix of both A and B because Jason Garrett is not calling his defense well and they're getting blown out by the Jets. Yeah. And that's all I got to say about that. And yeah, why are you like putting Dak in a situation where he's throwing 30 passes a game? Just feed it to Zeke. That's his whole motto. Feed Zeke. Paul, I'm going to have you chime in here as well. I'm with Miles. I, I just think the Garrett's message is stale. I mean, you saw those clips on the on the sideline where, you know, he's putting his hand out and his players aren't responding. I mean, I know it's only a moment and it's caught in there, but it's still... You know, it's still out there. Uh, I mean, and feed the fucking guy the ball. You just paid him all this, like, <laughs> dude, like, come on, man. Like, stop putting Dak. Dak is not the guy that you can throw the ball 35, 40 times with. Like, it's not going to work, especially without Amari. Feed the guy. You guys pretty much on board with me saying that the 49ers over the Cowboys is equal to the Patriots over the Browns. Kind of similar seasons in their own conferences. Am I, am I right there? No. It's a similar, like, record and a similar sort of uh, disappointment of hype. But two totally different stories there. Yeah, I just think that the 49ers have come out and dominated the headlines as far as being a team that's stuck to the game plan run and defense. And Patriots have come out and said, quick passes, run, defense. Then you have the Cowboys, a lot of hype with Dak and Zeke and Amari Cooper and the defense going to be elite. Cleveland Browns, Baker, OBJ, Chubb, a lot of offense and their defense was stout. Both with similar records, both with similar uh, stages right now in the NFL in the NFL season. I, I just I kind of see the storylines almost parallel. I guess that's my opinion. Yeah, I just feel like Cleveland plays in a terrible division where the Cowboys. I mean, every game's a bloodbath in that division. Even even when you play Washington, I mean, it, it that every game's a brutal game in that division. Oh, I could see that on the opponent wise. Yeah, I guess I could see that. I guess I could see that. Well, the, the last topic I want to talk about on the news is it's just a short uh, stint for me. And I'm not usually one to talk on stories, but it's really about instant replays and, and NFL referees as a whole. Um, it, it's really kind of a short monologue concerning what is turning into what people are naming it as referee gate, which, if you know, gates are just the worst thing because they just blow up the headlines for a season. You deflate gate, 
camera gate. I mean, anything, there's a gate just ruins it. And so it's becoming a very big NFL and NFL PA issue. So just, just a couple of things I want to say on it. One, you know, don't ruin the integrity of the sport. I mean, this, this sport football, it's evolved. It continues to evolve and it shouldn't be ruined by the politics of the NFL. We should be using the replay system and catching up with the other modern era sports like basketball, baseball, tennis that allow the systems to be productive and help in situations, not be a subject of character, subject of judgment like the NFL referees are using today. And to piggyback on that, the political agenda of allowing referees to make a judgment call on something that is so clearly one way or the other that 99% of fans in the stadium, coaches, commentators are even saying, I don't know how they're making that call. That's ridiculous. This should never come to that. And so before we get into this referee gate of 2019, let's just ask ourselves a question from week six. Do we want to remember the hands to the face penalty that never was for week six Monday Night Football? Do we want to remember an incredible drive led by Aaron Rodgers to win the game and and the coaching capabilities and the strategy um, to win at home on a comeback? Or do we want to remember the hands to the, the second hands to the face by a Lions defender that never was or do we want to remember the Lions defense holding their ground at Lambeau on Monday Night Football and when you compare those two headlines it kind of describes the storyline of what the NFL brings so let's do better let's be better and let's keep referees from becoming referee gate now the referees and the NFL and the NFLPA need to turn this season around because I'll be honest with you, every other headline has a referee doing something again to ruin an NFL team. And we don't want this season to be what should have been, what sh- what could have been, and what should have, and what what was, compared to which NFL team was the best this year. That's my monologue for NFL referees. So with that being said, I'm going to go ahead and wrap up round one, and let's go ahead and go to round two when it comes to the primetime picks right after this commercial break. Before we start round two on the Sport Genes Into the Lab podcast, we'd like to remind any listeners that if you play basketball and you are from the ages of 8 to 18 in the Rio Grande Valley, check out Triple Double Basketball Academy, one of the premier programs in Texas located at the center of the RGV in Harlingen, Texas. Find your young basketball pros practicing ball handling techniques, proper shooting forms, learning strength and conditioning techniques, and gain unmatchable experience with elite state tournament play. Follow on Facebook or visit www.tripledoublebasketballacademy.org. Triple Double Basketball Academy, where each basketball player grows no matter what. All right, our round two pick, primetime pick'em is coming up right here on Into the Lab podcast. We're going to be starting with our Thursday night football game. That's the Kansas City Chiefs visiting the Denver Broncos. The Chiefs have a small advantage. They're considered a three-point favorite by our favorite Westgate odds um, in Vegas. So we'll start with Dre on this one. Dre, what do you see for this game, and who do you pick to win? What, what was the spread? Minus three? Minus three. And uh, who's who's playing at home? Denver. All right. 
Uh, I'm actually going to go with the Chiefs on this one. Uh, obviously, John's not here again, but Joe Flacco sucks. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, I know Miles wants that jersey, but... <laughs> uh, you know, the, the Chiefs are coming off a loss, so I, I believe they're going to be fired up and... and uh, Patrick Mahomes is going to have a heck of a game. And, you know, the Broncos are going to try to keep the ball away from them. They're going to hand off the ball to, to their two running backs as much as they can. But, yeah, I, I think I think Mahomes is going to go for, off for one of those 400-yard three to four touchdown games. So I'm going to take the Chiefs, and I, I think they cover Okay, perfect. And Paul, why don't I go next to you? How are you feeling about this game? I mean, they're really going to lose three in a row. I, I I can't see it. I mean, Patrick Mahomes, 41 yards in the second half last week. I, I just can't see them letting everyone back in this division. I mean, they can forget about the home field and everything else if you lose this game. Uh, I, I thought Tyreek Hill coming back was going to be the answer. I, I just think that the Chiefs are going to score touchdowns and the Broncos are going to kick field goals. I'm going to take the Chiefs to cover. Okay. I'll go with the Pick'em champion from last week. Miles, what are you feeling on this game? As a, I'm just looking at like the stats right now. And the Broncos' defense has been stepping it up the past couple of weeks, and that's why they're winning these games, especially last week. They shut out Tennessee and... You know, we were thrashing in the first few weeks without having a sack or a turnover, and now all of a sudden they got like, I believe, six or seven turnovers in the last two games. That's amazing. That's because they listen to the podcast. And <laughs> <laughs> they were they were intimidating. And when I look at what's working on their offense, it's obviously not Joe Flacco, but Philip Lindsay is starting to resurge, and Roy Streeman has been very productive as well. And the Chiefs' defense ranks 30th in the rushing yards, so. Here's the plan of attack for the Broncos. Keep Patrick Mahomes on the sideline. Limit him to as few yards as he can. He hasn't been as he hasn't been on the top of his game in the last few weeks, whether that's because of injury or just because maybe he's starting to show his human side again. Um, that's the that's the plan of attack for the Broncos. They can keep Mahomes on the sideline and just pound this defense with Philip Lindsay and Roy Streeman. That's the plan of attack. I think the Broncos win this game. Wow. Wow. And wow, that's a that, that would be a huge upset if that was the case. Um, I'm going to take some of your points. And I'm going to use them also, but I'm also going to bring my own analysis. I do think that the Broncos are going to run all over the Chiefs. But I think at the end of the day, the defensive scheme is going to be put Joe Flacco in third and long situations, make him beat us. And that's where I think Joe Flacco kind of falls short. Um, I do think that the Broncos defense is stout. They'll get fits. Really, they're probably going to be aiming for the ankle. They'll take a penalty, but that'll that'll – uh, you know, keep keep Mahomes from running around, which the scrambling part, not being able to run that ankle has been the problem, I think, the last couple of weeks with Patrick Mahomes. Um, they're going to get him mobile. They're going to get him going. I'm, I'm pretty sure they're going to drop out to a fast start again, but I don't think Denver has the firepower to come back and, and really make a difference in this game, even at home. So I'm going to pick Kansas City to cover the spread as well for Thursday night football. Let everybody know I am 1-0 from last week to this week on Thursday night picks. So watch out. I'm on a streak. <laughs> 
first person to pick Thursday night football games. <laughs> yeah, I, sh- I should have gone first. That's my bad, guys. That's my bad. Paul and Dre, do you want to change your picks now? I just want to. I want to check. <laughs> All right. So the the noon game was an interesting pick. A lot of games that are very interesting this week that we'll analyze in the fire round. But I'm going to go ahead and pick the Minnesota Detroit game. I think that's a very toss-up game. I'd like to hear analysis from everybody on this. Minnesota, a one-and-a-half point favorite on the road visiting Detroit. And I'm going to start with Miles on this one, the Pick'em champion. Miles, who do you have in this game and why? I keep saying this every time. The Vikings on the road are not that good. And even though I believe the last time I said this, they ended up winning. Um, it's yeah, it was, but it was against the Giants. It was in it was in New York, and the Vikings won that game. So that's not too impressive. Then they go at home against Philadelphia, and they thrash. On the load to a Lions team that's probably insanely pissed off from last Monday night. They are going to put this game behind them. I know Matt Patricia will not try. I he'll probably let his defense channel this anger into this game and not get frustrated from that last game and then make mistakes. They're going to take that anger. They're going to punish Kirk Cousins. They're going to punish Adam Thielen. They're going to punish Stephon Diggs. They're going to probably not punish Dalvin Cook. He's pretty damn good this year. (laughs) But there's no way that in Detroit, I don't think that they can score under this one, even though the Vikings... They got the defense. I will admit that. They've been holding teams down pretty well. Even a pretty heated up Eagles offense last week put up 20 points, but still, they needed more than that. Um, Matthew Stafford is also looking amazing for Detroit right now. He could probably lead them to the playoffs if they don't get screwed by the refs again. So I'm going to go with Detroit in this one. Okay. Paul, are you feeling the same? Are you feeling the Lions are going to be pretty stout at home for the Vikings to come in there and take a win? Yeah, I do. Um... Also, I'm kind of one of those guys that believes that, you know, after what happened to them on Monday night, we'll see far less flags in that game. I guarantee you we will. Um, I, I just feel like the Lions have really taken on the personality of Patricia. They've brought that Patriot mentality in there. And what happened to them on Monday night just feeds into that us against the world type thing. Uh... The Vikings sometimes get too cute for their own self. Uh, and I think that Detroit gets down a dirty blue collar and wins this game at home. All right. Uh, Dre, bring bring us in full circle here. Are you, uh, are you with the Lions train or you think the Vikings are going to tame them? Uh, no, I agree with, with Miles and Paul. Uh, Vikings are a different team when they're away from home and the Lions are going to come back you know, playing hard because of, of what happened last week. So, uh, Lions win. And I know you guys are really kind of focused around Stafford and, and, and the flag calls. I'm going to agree. I think that they're going to have some makeup calls in this game that either they're not going to make those calls or they're going to have some calls be favorable towards Detroit, which is going to help the game kind of tip in their favor. But I'm going to call this the carry on Johnson game. I think that he hasn't had that game where he's going head to head with another elite running back where he's trying to prove his worth. I think carry on gets at least 20 carries. He paces the game. He's going to go for a buck easy. I think I think this is going to be a Detroit, an easy win for Detroit um, as a as a coast at the end and giving carry on his his handoffs and towards the end of the third quarter. 
Um, I think it'll be a dogfight in the beginning, but I think Detroit's going to come out and punch towards towards halftime. So, um, yeah, I'm taking Detroit with the spread. So is he your uh, fantasy pickup of the week or, or your or your fantasy start of the week? That is my fantasy running back start of the week. You, you're damn right he is. Hey, a big <laughs> shout. You, did, you called Stephon Diggs right on the money. We won't even bring up OJ Howard, but we'll, we'll step on stage right up. So, so I'm glad you bring up I'm glad you bring up OJ Howard for those who are listening because OJ oh. Howard. Let me tell you this right now, OJ Howard could have easily been a top five tight end had he caught those three passes he dropped. Okay, number one. Number two, he still was a top fourteen tight end, which is the best, which is the best output he's had of the season. So. You guys are welcome for your O.J. Howard leans there well, this my, week. Miles, Miles, Miles went the opposite way, and he dropped O.J. Howard to pick up Disley, and he got hurt. Yeah. So. <laughs> that's, right. that's right. That's what you get, Miles. <laughs> Should have listened. Should have listened. But yes, yeah, Stephon Diggs last week, absolutely phenomenal. What a what a game for Stephon. What a call. That that that. that, that Absolutely had Stephon Diggs written all over it. If that screen passed OJ Howard in London would have gone for a touchdown, we'd be singing something different because he would have had a a top a top ten finish and he would have been been fantastic. Anyways, that we don't we don't cry over spilled milk if that's what uh, Dre is, is drinking this morning. Um, so we will we will go to the three twenty five game and let's talk about the Saints visiting Chicago. Chicago, a three-point favorite against the visiting Saints. We're going to start with you, Paul. How are you feeling on this game? I'm just never going to learn. I, 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 I said this week, I said, I'm not going to play against the Saints anymore. They've heard me. Uh, whatever they're doing down there, Sean Payton is one hell of a football coach. But the Bears coming off the bye at home in that defense and Kamara being banged up, I'm going to take the Bears at home to cover it's probably dead wrong, so faded. I'll go. I'll go next because it, this this game holds dear, uh, very near and dear to my heart. I, you guys know I am a, a Cowboys fan as of late, not as cheerful, but a Cowboys fan. But my family on one side, a massive Bears fan, and my other family on another side, massive Saints fan. So this this is a big game. My father listened to the show. He said, if you ever pick against the Bears again, you're going to be hearing from me. So my dad said, pick the Bears. So I'm going to chime in and say, dub Bears this week with the spread and uh, I think Montgomery is going to have a very good game this week I think they're going to use still use the dual combo if Trubisky's playing I'm going to send a prayer up to the heavens although they're playing the Saints it might not help very much so um, uh, I'm going to pick the Bears just because that defense is so stout if Alvin Kamara doesn't play even more so um, be careful with the over under on this game if Kamara doesn't play I'm going to go hugely on the under go under all day because there won't be a lot of offense um, but that is uh, my pick, the Bears with the spread. Miles, chime in here, champ. Even if Kamara played, I would still go with the under just because his production isn't exactly resulting in a lot of scoring. That's fair. Um, yeah, like I said earlier, with even if Kamara plays, whether he doesn't or doesn't, this is a stout Chicago Bears defense. Whether or not they're susceptible to the run sometimes, like we saw with Josh Jacobs prior to their bye week, Latavius Murray or banged up Alvin Kamara is not a good situation for the Saints. Teddy Bridgewater is not a good situation for the Saints. The two things they got go, or sorry, the three things they got going for them on offense right now: good protection, Michael Thomas, and Jared Cook. So if they want to get past the Chicago Bears defense, they're going to have to attack that way. 
And the worst part is, is that means they have to go up against their best defensive players. They have to protect Teddy Bridgewater from Khalil Mack. They have to get Michael Thomas past Kyle Fuller. And they have to somehow get Jared Cook away from Eddie Jackson. And that's going to be really hard. That's going to be the toughest part. I don't think Jared Cook plays a really good game this week. So if you have him in fantasy, I wouldn't recommend playing him. And in all honesty, if that, if all three of those things still somehow worked, I feel like Chicago will put up points this week and get them the win. So I'm going to go with Chicago, but not to cover because I feel like the Saints will keep this super, super tight, maybe one or two points in the end. Okay. Dre, bring us home on this game. Are you uh, feeling as the ferocious Bears or are you uh, leaning towards a prayer on the Saints? You know, I've said it before and I'll say it again. The Bears are overrated, specifically at the quarterback position. Trubisky sucks. Uh, but I agree with uh, what, the, what, what the rest of the guys are saying. Montgomery, this is going to be a Montgomery game. You know, they're coming off a bye week. And I believe that uh, they finally realized that they got to feed them the ball. And with so many questions on the Saints side, you know, Kamara. And then it, it looks like Jerry Cook uh, is also, he was also designated a questionable tag. So he might be out. So, um, you know, with that and, and the Bears playing at home, I, I think they win the game, but but they won't cover. So. Just for all of us saying that we're picking the Bears, the Saints are going to win on behind the, the carries of Taysom Hill. I can already see it. I can already see the headline. Yeah. Hill, Hill, the future of the Saints, forced three touchdowns and win in Chicago, and I'm going to be so pissed off. Yeah. But we'll, we'll move on from that. I can, just, I can already see this. The Saints just don't lose for some reason. Yeah. Kudos to Sean Payton. All right, so huh, Sunday night game. You already know I'm about to get my energy up, boys. So uh, <laughs> Dallas Cowboys hosting the Philadelphia Eagles. Dallas, a three-point favorite at home. I, I am going to go last for this game because I, I know what I want to say. Let me start with the champ, Miles. What are you feeling on this game? So we see all these jokes everywhere. The Cowboys suck against the good teams and they feast on the bad teams. And last week, that philosophy changes a bit because the Jets, who have not won a game yet, go out and put 24 points up on the Dallas Cowboys. And to be fair, it was an absolute slaughter at one point. Then the Cowboys came back, made it a two-point game. Could have gone either way. But either way, the Cowboys did not be stuck in. Now, if you want to keep that same philosophy that they destroy the bad teams, now you look at Philadelphia, a team that's so mediocre in every way that their defense, their defensive front seven is spectacular, but their secondary is just non-existent. Their quarterback and offensive line is awesome, but their wide receivers are completely injured and their running game sucks. So I feel like that the Cowboys are very upset from last week. Jason Garrett needs to get a win here. If Amari Cooper doesn't play or not, that I don't think that really makes a difference because this secondary is so bad you can bomb it deep to Devin Smith, who's shown his speed. You can bomb it deep to Michael Gallup. You can get Zeke more involved, whether it's by running or in the passing game. He can spurn these guys, too. So, yeah, I'm going to go with the Cowboys this week. Uh, it's a three-point spread. I will say they cover. Okay. Paul, why don't you chime in here um, with your Dallas Cowboy analysis? All right. Listen here, Ernest. I'm going to take your fucking boys one more time. All right? That's all I'm giving. One more fucking chance. All right? But I, I agree with Miles. 
that Devin Smith, that's a sneaky DFS start out there. You know what I mean? Like, this Eagles secondary is terrible. Uh, but honestly, the Eagles are just a middling team. Uh, I mean, we can say what we want. Offensive line injuries, wide receiver injuries, you know, whatever you want to say about them, they're a middling team. And the Cowboys need to get Zeke back involved this week. He needs to touch the ball 25 times, and they need to hit them over the top. So I'm going to take your boys to win and cover them. Oh, thank you, Paul. Dre, how are you feeling on this game? <laughs> Uh, um, well, I see the I see the over set up at forty eight, so I'm obviously gonna take the over on this game because both teams usually usually score a lot of points when they face each other. Yeah. Uh, I was actually very impressed with the Eagles' offense last week, even though they were playing in Minnesota. They 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 were able to move the ball. Uh, along the line so uh, that Cowboys defense is not that good so we do know they're going to score a lot of points and uh, I, I was I was uh, on Twitter and I checked out that a lot of Cowboys uh, missed today's practice you know you got Mary Cooper you got Randall Cobb out you got Tyrone Smith out Collins is out Jones is out and then I think they just placed Tyrone Crawford on injury reserve so you know, that's a lot of questionable players that might not play in this week's game. However, the Cowboys do play at home, and uh, I agree with, with, with the guys. They're going to feed uh, Zeke the ball, and uh, it's going to be a Gallup game, I think. It's not going to be a, a Smith game. I, 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 know, I know that Dak's going to go to Gallup. He's going to be like a two-touchdown, uh, maybe like nine-reception game kind of thing for him so I am I am gonna make you happy and I'm taking Cowboys as well to cover so there you go <laughs> your boys your boys make me real proud today that's for sure that's for sure how about them Cowboys I always like to start that segment like that but let me tell you the Cowboys <laughs> the Cowboys are very very hurt and you could see in that Jets game some of those cornerstone pieces. Just they, they, they were real staples on offense and defense. Um, I made a comment on Twitter. Not many people liked it, but I said there were a lot of injuries on the Cowboys side of the ball. And yes, there are injuries on the Jets side of the ball. Um, but the Cowboys, we, uh, they do play very well against bad teams, and they do play. Um, they, they play. They, they don't play up to par with elite teams. But I'll, I'll give it that. That's it's a common Cowboy thing, and that, I think that comes back to Jason Garrett. But what I take away from last week's game is we don't really know who that Jets team was. Because if you look back to week one, and I know they said it over and over on the TV, they, they, they lost to the Bills 17-16. And the Bills, uh, if you don't remember, have only lost one game this year. That's a good team. And if the Jets were to somehow play the Patriots close or they were to pull an upset on the Patriots, which is our next game we're going to talk about for Monday night, um, that, then we're even seeing a whole different tune about that game between the Cowboys and the Jets. But uh, let me digress. The real big reason why I think the Cowboys are going to win Sunday night is not only because I'm a fan, which, trust me, I will pick Dallas to lose at some point during this year, but and they will cover this week, yeah. is, the fa- is the fact that in New York, in a town where Jerry Jones absolutely despises, on his birthday, he had to sit the same stadium where he's lost plenty of games he really wished he had it, and he watched his head coach with Garrett guys on the field 
lose a very winnable game in a game that shouldn't have come down to a two-point conversion. And I think the one of the hottest, if not the hottest seed, uh, aside from, of course, Dan Quinn, is Jason Garrett. And Jason Garrett is on a very big hot seat this week. The three and three start is not what Jerry Jones predicted. He probably thought that we'd be five and one or four and two at this point. And I say we because as the Cowboys, I do follow the Cowboys and the Texans. And and when it comes to uh, this game, it's going to be a statement game. It's either going to be a oh crap, we really are in trouble as we lose to the Eagles at home on Sunday Night Football, or it's going to be there's the team we were thinking about as they beat the Eagles at home. Handedly, and so it's going to be a very big game. I don't think it's going to be close in any manner. It's going to be one way or the other, and so I expect a lot of points in this game. I think Dallas wins, covers the spread. I'm really glad to see you guys on board with this one. Let's move to Monday night. So Monday night is a very interesting matchup. Um, interesting to the part to where the Patriots are on the road. They are a 10-point favorite against the Jets at the Meadowlands, and so. I am going to go ahead and start with the champ, Miles. What do you think about this game as the Jets coming off some momentum having um, Sam Darnold back in the backfield? How do you see this game, and, and will it be close or not? Um, yeah, I mean, that game was super surprising, especially the way they sort of started that game. They started it very fast and very hot, and... Um, I want to say that they're going to keep this close, under 10 points for sure. But I just can't bet against New England and their spread. Vegas is very often very right on their spreads. And uh, either way, I'm taking New England. But at the end of the day, it's just, do they keep it within 10? And with this secondary, I don't think that happens. So I'm going to go with... Okay. All right. Paul, how are you feeling on this campaign? Very similar to Miles. Uh, I think, I mean, is CJ Mosley in or out this week? I mean, I've, I haven't seen anything definitive. It looks It looks like he's leaning towards not playing this week. Okay. He did not, he sat out another practice. Okay. I, I, I think that the Jets are coming on and uh, New England's just kind of banged up. They're going to do what they have to do. New England's going to win this football game, but I feel like they're going. I don't feel like they're going to cover. Uh, I feel like if the, they might win by a touchdown. They, you know, might push it over there at the end with a late score. But I, right now, nothing scares you on that New England offense to say, "Hey, they're going to come out and just blow the Jets out on Monday night." Um, Right. Uh, uh, you know, so that's where I'm at with it. I don't think that the Patriots should lay 10 on the road in division in a primetime game right now. So that's how I feel. Dre, are you feeling patriotic or are you feeling like you're going to take a flight on a jet? Yeah. <clears throat> Just um, a quick question. Uh, did Miles say he's going to cover or not? Not cover. Uh, not cover. Not cover. Ah, just to update the, the the Excel files so you guys don't say I get them wrong. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, uh, here's an interesting uh, an interesting uh, information. Seventy five percent of betters are going with the Patriots this week. So. You know, usually when something like that happens, it means that Vegas is going to do the opposite. So the Jets might actually get a lot of those 
referee non-calls going their way. And they are playing at home. So it might be a close one. I agree. I agree with with uh, Paul. Uh, the Patriots are going to win, but it's going to be a very close game. So I don't I don't think the, the Patriots will cover. <clears throat> okay. So, so far, everybody's picked the Patriots not to cover. And I'm going to give a little highlight with the New England Patriots. The Patriots going to come out here and establish a defensive tone right from the beginning. I do think that the Jets will ride some momentum. Um, although I, I, I really trust that Patriots defense to cause some some havoc. The Patriots defense is not the Cowboys defense, and 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 when you see how stout they are and how close they play to the ball, um, I agree with Paul's point that the New England offense doesn't have firepower where you can say, oh, they're going to blow this thing wide open. Um, but I am not going to pick against New England until they show me some signs of weakness or somebody finds a kryptonite that works, like what they're doing to Kansas City and the AFC. So I'm going to pick New England to win this game. I am also going to pick them to cover the spread. I think they go into the Meadowlands. They play They play one close to home, figure out a rhythm, make adjustments at halftime, and blow this thing open. Um, I will say this. Tom Brady will be pacing this game. I don't think he's a fantasy option for this week in any regards. He might have a couple of turnovers. I think they pace the time with Sony Michelle, but I don't see any fantasy studs unless Josh Gordon is back on the field feeling 100%. And that'd be the only person other than, of course, Julian Edelman that you have to start um, in this game. Um, so just be wary of that on either side of the ball. I I know Robbie Anderson had a big week, but just hold off on those Jets receivers other than Jamison Crowder. That would be my fantasy insight on this game. But New England to cover, if I didn't say that already. So when it comes to our primetime pick em, that is it for round number two. Hope the analysis hits home. Press the rewind button and listen to it all again if you missed it. Um, but we'll be right back after this commercial break and we'll do our round three fire round to end today's segment. As we move to round three, want to remind everyone traveling to the Alamo City during the beautiful fall and winter seasons, keep SATX rated handy for the latest information on new events, restaurants, and giveaways so that you and your family or loved ones can enjoy the city with the hottest scenes. You can follow at SATX rated on any social platform where they constantly do giveaways like Bean front row or sitting behind home plate at the San Antonio Missions game or courtside seats at the San Antonio Spurs game. Follow SATX Rated today. Welcome back from that commercial break. Round three is our fire round where we do our quick picks for the rest of the games across the NFL. We go ahead and start with those red-hot 49ers visiting Washington. 49ers, a nine-and-a-half-point favorite on the road, visiting those pesky Washington Redskins, getting their first big win, or maybe that first big tank job by Miami that we saw when they went for two at home. So San Francisco visiting Washington. I'm going to start with you, Dre. Are you on the 49er train riding hot, or do you think Washington might keep this one close to home? You do know what I'm gonna what I'm gonna say, right? This is gonna be this new sort of the week. <laughs> <laughs> this is one you can have because they're playing a, the stupid Redskins. You can you can have this one, Dre. <laughs> <laughs> I am not gonna watch this game at all. I don't. Even, 
I don't even care about it. So I'm just gonna say Niners win, but but they won't cover. Uh, that's it. Okay, Niners win, but they won't cover. Let me go over to the champ, Miles. How are you feeling about this game? I honestly thought that the Redskins would have put up way more points on the Miami Dolphins than they did. The fact that they only won by two is very concerning because Miami team, the Miami team is not just bad. They are bad, like the worst, atrocious, garbage. CFL teams could beat them. I think they belong in Division Three football, and even that's an insult to Division Three football. Or, sorry, college football. Um, so, you have this new coach who wants to run the ball all the time, and now you go play San Francisco with an awesome front seven, Fred Warner, Eric Armstead, Nick Bosa, DeForest Buckner. It's not going to work. It just isn't. So, they're not going to put up any points. The 49ers are going to throw all over them. They're going to run all over them. So, yeah, I got San Francisco to cover. Paul, I'm going to bring you in next. Uh, are you down on the Redskins as well? Yeah, I don't, I don't think they're a very good football team. Uh, but I will say that what gave me pause about this game is, is the early start in the Eastern time zone. Uh, it's always like a little bit of an angle to look at. Um especially when you're going across the country to face some third football team. Uh, I mean, there always can be that, like, first half ball, uh, you know, where it's, you know, kind of close. But the 49ers should just physically beat up the Redskins. I, I, I think that the running game just wears out the Redskins in the second half and the 49ers suffer. So let me kind of uh, talk about the snooze fest of the week. And and I do think that I want to hit you guys with some knowledge. Sam, uh, I'm sorry, Washington with Case Keenum, such a different team. They they were able to throw the ball, move the ball quite a bit, jumped out to that big 10-point lead against Miami and really kind of paced that game. Adrian Peterson coming off what, what would be his career game for this year. Um, this team looks very good and and um they played the dolphins so i'm taking san francisco to cover the spread and and let me let me tell you i, I got another one for you on this game over under after what they did to jared goff over under how many quarterbacks does washington use if i told you two uh, push push Drake. under under so you're gonna stick with one quarterback the whole game Yes. Miles. Under. Under. So you think they stick with one? I think I think Washington, um, if this gets ugly, if this is a twenty one nothing game, I think they make the switch. They go to they go to they go to Colt. I think Colt will come in. If Colt ends up not doing anything productive, I think they switch to, to Haskins and give him a run. Right, San Francisco is a very d- difficult team to play against and Washington is not prepared for that type of team, even at home. So um, San Francisco plays very stout against the run, which means they won't be able to run. They'll be throwing a lot, which tends to have more errors with the type of quarterback play they use in the type of system. So Washington will be turnover prone. I I, I don't want to wish anything like a Jameis Winston game on any quarterback or quarterback, <laughs> but Washington might be flirting with that this week. Just be careful. Be careful. San Francisco is way elite compared to Washington. So. Um, and then watch as we all pick San Francisco, Washington pulls the upset, and we're all eating crow next week. But moving on. So another game that's actually, I think, kind of enticing is Arizona visiting 
New York. New York has is a three point favorite, and uh, against Arizona. And I want to start with um, Dre on this one. Dre, do you think that the Giants can keep pace with the Arizona Cardinals? It it all. I was actually gonna say that the, the Cardinals were gonna win this game, but it looks like like Barkley's gonna be back. So if Barkley's back, I believe the Giants will crush the Cardinals in this game, just if he plays. If he doesn't, then I'm taking uh, Kyler Murray and the Cardinals. So <clears throat> I I guess just so I don't make this confusing, I'm just gonna say. Giants win, but they won't cover it. So that way, you know, I take the spread with the with the Cardinals, but Giants and Giants for the pick em. <laughs> Okay. All right. Now, I'm going to mimic some of your sentiments, but it looks like Ingram and Barkley are playing this week. Sterling Shepard will be out. So I am going to take the Giants with the spread. I think Kyler Murray has a fantasy day, and so does Daniel Jones. I don't think there's going to be very much defense. Take the over on this game. I don't even know what it is. It's going to be over. So pick the over on this game. Um, I think there's going to be a lot of points, a lot of fantasy points. Paul, I'm going to go to you next. How are you feeling about the Giants and Cardinals matchup? Well, i got a couple things here. Play the over, just like you said. And get Golden Tate in your starting lineups. Absolutely. Um, I, I don't like the the going to Cincinnati, coming back to Arizona, then going back out east for a 1 o'clock game for a young team. I think Absolutely. the Giants are going to ride some momentum from last week's Patriots game, you know, moral victory type thing, and get the win at home. Cover. Perfect. Miles, bring us home. Are you flying high with those Cardinals, or are you with those lowly Giants? Because I despise them. I could not disagree with Vegas more on this pick. It's an insult to Kyler Murray. <laughs> the Giants are favored right now. After I had to watch... Kyler Murray throw three touchdowns and 340 yards on my Falcons. And I have nothing but respect for what he did in that game. And the offense they have going down there is starting to gel and starting to work. And you're telling me that the crappy New York Giants are going to stop that. I don't care if Saquon Barkley plays. I don't care if Evan Ingram plays. I don't care who their wide receivers are. This defense is garbage. They're not going to put up as many points as Arizona can. And, you know, Atlanta's defense isn't that great, but the Giants are worse. So Kyler Bears going to have a better day. Cardinals, all the way. Wow. That, that's, uh, it doesn't shock me because Miles picks those, but I uh, I hope I hope for your sake you're right, Miles. I mean, you're the champ. You're the champ. I'll just, I'll just leave it at that. Uh, side question, though, on this game, since we're talking about Kyler Murray. Kyler Murray, I know we're, we're going to talk about Lamar Jackson later, but Kyler Murray against the Giants or Lamar Jackson against the Seahawks? Who do you start fantasy-wise? Murray. Murray. Easy. Murray, yes. Yeah. Two Murrays, Paul. What did you say? Murray, for sure. So Seattle is one of the worst teams against the run. Does that change your opinion anything when it comes to that pick? No, the Giants are fucking garbage. Okay, I just had to ask. No personal reasons whatsoever. All right, so Miami, <laughs> Miami visiting Buffalo. And Buffalo, a 17-point favorite. So, uh, iconically, this is the same spread New England had when they played Miami. Um, and then it boosted up to 21 and a half by the end of the week. 
So 17-point spread for Buffalo um, hosting the Miami Dolphins. As you know, they'll play again later this year. So I'll start off with this game. Buffalo, a very good team coming off of a bye. Miami coming off of their first almost win. Um, I think any quarterback uh, playing playing against uh, this Buffalo team can have a tough day, especially Fitzpatrick. I expect to see Fitzpatrick and Josh Rosen at the field um, at one point. I expect at least four turnovers from Miami. I don't know if the spread stays at 17, but I do believe Buffalo will be winning by 17 or more at one point. Um, but I am going to go with my gut on this one. I'm going to say Buffalo's defense is stout enough. Their special teams is good enough. And the offense will be clicking coming off of that. Devin Singletary is back and at full strength, which is fantastic with the full practice. And Miami can't stop uh, water from hitting the side of a boat. So I don't. I know that's not the same, but that's what I got. And so I'm going to take uh, Buffalo with the spread in this game. I'm going to go with my gut on this and say that Miami won't be able to do very much, and it's going to look very bad. Uh, and I mean, how many people over under 65 are going to? you know, fall into a table. That's what I'm really looking forward to. And I got the over on that. So, champ, let me go with you next, Miles. What do you have for this game? Uh, you put it perfectly. They got their first almost win against the second worst team in the NFL. Maybe third win. worst if you put, that's a win. put Cincinnati in there. <laughs> that's, a, that's a moral win. But the hypocrisy I want to point out here is before that game, they say they're going to ride Josh Rosen all the way. That this is going to be their quarterback of the future. That this is going to be the guy that they're going to sort of start making to their franchise guy. And then now they switch back to Fitzpatrick. Yeah. Shows you where, shows you where the Dolphins are at. Buffalo wins, Buffalo covers. Okay. Uh, Dre, you have that same confidence in those uh, Bills up north? You know, I'm, for the last... I, I've been playing a different style of fantasy football picking up everybody that so this week my starting John Allen Frank Gore Devin Singletary Cole Beasley Dawson Knox and I even picked up that rookie wide receiver uh, Williams so yes the Dolphins are going to get crushed this spread could be minus 28 and they would still cover so Bills win and they cover <laughs> easily. For people, who fo- for people who follow you and for the sake of your fantasy team, I hope they score 40 points this week. Paul, let's go with you. Are you riding the, the Bills? Are you swimming with the Dolphins this week? Absolutely not swimming with the Dolphins. Uh, oh. I, I, don't, I don't know how. I don't know if – I don't see how they can score more than a touchdown. I, I don't, you know – I, I, my thing is, is the Bills' offense isn't really scary, but the Dolphins' defense is so bad. I, I'll just say the Bills are going to win and cover. I, I don't feel comfortable with the 17. I feel like you could get backdoor there. Or, you know, I wouldn't play that spread. But I, I'll take the Bills to cover. With the over-under, it would have the Dolphins scoring 11 points. Ten and a half. They so, don't if, I, don't, I, don't, I don't know. I don't know how they get there, honestly. Yeah. I mean, what four field goals, maybe? Yeah. I, maybe a, maybe a sneaky touchdown at the end of the game. I and that's that's my only play. And if you had to play any fantasy relevant starter at all for this on the Dolphins side, it's only Devontae Parker for the garbage time touchdown he gets for whatever quarterbacks on the field. And I don't they're even play good. him. I'm all. They're I'm not going to score touchdowns. Yeah, they're not going to score. You're only playing, but please, everybody's listening. Just play Buffalo players. All of it. Everything Buffalo, please. 
Do the drill. The only, right. the only touch, the only touchdowns they're going to score are going to be the pick sixes. <laughs> they're going to give the <laughs> Buffalo Bills defense. <laughs> That's funny. All right, so this was uh, a very surprising uh, line for me. So I'd like to go to this one: Jacksonville three and a half point favorites visiting Cincinnati. And I was surprised with the line being so low, um, considering that you know Jacksonville's playing fairly decent football. And the, the Jalen Ramsey controversy is gone. They kind of have a clean locker room. And Cincinnati has not been playing stellar football, but they do play close football, which which now that I'm thinking about it makes more sense with the spread. So um, let me start off with Paul on this one, um, as you have a, a division foe in there in Cincinnati. Does Cincinnati keep this close, or do the Jags prove they're the better cat by a lot? I don't think by a lot, but I think that they do cover in, in Cincinnati. Um, I feel like giving Ramsey what he wanted. Um, I don't know how it plays in the locker room. Uh, I would think a lot of the guys were probably, I don't know, on Ramsey's side. Um, but uh, I, I just don't think Cincinnati can hold up to the run game. And I like Minshew versus that secondary. So, and for him to have a bounce back week. So I'm going to stick with the Jags and the cover for three and a half. Miles, I'm going to switch over to you. Um, how, how are you feeling about this game, the cat battle? Um, the Jaguars, they're so confusing to me because, you know, they were fairly hot to start the season. And now Minshew sort of slowed down last week against a pretty damn good Saints defense. They're on a two-game losing streak. They could have beat Carolina, though. Um, Cincinnati is still going to remain winless after this week, I feel. Because Minshew's going to get sort of back to that consistency. Fournette's going to have a huge game. Ramsey's gone, but they still got A.J. Boye, and they still got an awesome front seven. So, yeah, there's no way Cincinnati gets past this. Does the Ginger Thunder keep this close? No. Jaguars cut. So I'm definitely singing the Wema West song in my in my head as I'm thinking about Jaguars against the Bengals. Trust me, it's happening. I'm I'm picking the Jaguars. This is going to be a Fournette game. It's written all over the place. If you have Fournette, if you have not started Fournette, which I don't know why you wouldn't, uh, this is a Fournette fantasy week. So Fournette is going to go off. He's going to have a couple of scores. He's going to be over a buck 20. He's going to look very good. So if you have Leonard Fournette or you have the ability to grab Leonard Fournette for, for a low price or for a mid-level price, go after it. Uh, my, my, my fantasy focus for that. Now, when it comes to the, the game itself, Cincinnati plays well. They play well at home, um, but they, they haven't really shown that they can they can put a consistent four quarters together. And that's where Jacksonville's consistency is going to be off the charts. And Jacksonville will have a pulsating score. They might score 28, 31 points in this game as they score 7 to 10 each quarter. Um, I don't think Cincinnati has the power to keep up, nor do I think that they're – nor do I think – that they're going to be able to keep pace offensively and hold the ball for long periods of time because that defense is so stout from Jacksonville. So I'm going to say Jacksonville wins this, covers the spread. And the reason I said even my piece there is because I know Minshew Mania himself is going to come out big here. So, Dre, bring us home on this game. So Ernest does his thing for the Cowboys. So here goes. Minshew Mania. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. <laughs> it's actually funny that you bring this, that you made us pick this game after the Dolphins game because who would have thought that the Bengals would be at this moment that would be 
the recipients of the first overall pick. I know. They have a worse record than, than the Dolphins, so. <clears throat> and, you know, maybe, maybe it's not fair to say it, but they lost to the Seahawks by one. They lost to the Bills by four. And they lost to the Ravens by six. So, obviously, they got crushed by the Niners and they got crushed by the Steelers. So, you you don't really know what Bengals team is going to show up. Uh, you know, they're playing at home. I can't go against Minshew. I can never do that. <laughs> I've... I've even I've even thought about getting those uh, small jean shorts like he does. So. <laughs> oh man, <laughs> that would be a style choice. Sure. I'm already growing the mustache, so don't worry about that. <laughs> oh man, <laughs> <laughs> so ready to get for Halloween. So. <laughs> All right, yeah, uh, Jaguars win and and they cover. <laughs> All right, perfect. So we're hitting that second half of these, and we're going to go through these pretty quick on these last fire round picks. Oakland traveling to Green Bay, four-and-a-half-point favorites at home. Green Bay playing at Lambeau again. I'll start this one off. I don't see Aaron Rodgers losing to Oakland at home, and and Oakland has some injuries happening um, in their secondary, as well as their wide receiver court. Tyra Williams more than likely um, said 80% chance he's not playing. So if Darren uh, Waller is the only offensive weapon besides Josh Jacobs, who's going to have a tough time with that Green Bay defense, um, I'm going to take Green Bay at home. Um, I, I I initially lent on on them not covering the spread in this game, but when you look at, at the talent differential and the injuries on the Oakland side, I, uh, I am going to say that Green Bay covers only for the fact that they have Aaron Rodgers. And if he didn't make his backup receiver core look fantastic um, on on Monday night, um, then I would be seeing a different tune. But I'm going to say Green Bay covers at home um, in this game. So let me go ahead and move over to Dre. Dre, how are you feeling about those Packers? You know, this line opened up at minus six. So that means a lot of people are placing bets on the Raiders. If it's down to minus four. That's correct. It went it went down two points. Well, I saw it at six and a half at one point. So I, it, did, it did go down two points during the day. So. Yeah, but uh, since it's a fire around, Packers win. They win at home and they cover. So there you go. All right, Paul. Uh, I like the Packers at home. Uh, I do think it could be very similar to Detroit. Um I, I don't. I think the Packers win, but they don't cover. Okay, Miles, come in with this last. This is going to be a big revenge game for wide receiver Trevor Davis, who was <laughs> traded by the Packers. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I really liked how the Raiders played that Chicago game. They spread the ball around. They didn't. They couldn't rely on Tyrell Williams because he wasn't playing. So what do you do? Spread the ball around to ten guys, I think, to around ten guys. So, like I, I mentioned before the show started, I have to play Derek Carr in fantasy this week, so I'm a little bit biased. I think Green Bay wins because Raiders are much better than I thought they would be, but not enough to beat the really, really hot Green Bay Packers. And I don't think they cover because the Raiders have been keeping games close. And also a little bit of news that came out while we were discussing things earlier. Uh, the Raiders just signed Derek Waller to a three-year extension $5 million a year. 
Wow. So the, clearly they haven't invested in their future. And maybe he could have a bit of a spectacle, you know, show off that new contract and what he's worth. Maybe play him in fantasy this week. <laughs> well, or he doesn't. No, well, just kidding. <laughs> or he doesn't. Or he doesn't. Or, or he gets two catches for 15 yards and the Raiders cut him contract. Yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> All right. Hold on. All right. The so pa- are you the- taking the spread or no spread on that one, Miles? Uh, no okay. spread. Well, the, what were you saying? The Packers, the Packers signed former Raider Ryan Grant today. So there you go. Ooh. That's the counter. Oh, <laughs> Ryan Grant, three touchdowns. This week. No, I'm just kidding. Don't do that. <laughs> Don't do that. All right. So next game, Los Angeles Rams, a three-point favorite on the road against the Atlanta Pigeons. I mean, Falcons. They, they <laughs> <were gonna go. laughs> oh! Traveling to Georgia, coming off when they looked like little Billy Goats themselves last week against the 49 <laughs> But we will start off with Miles, the Atlanta expert, with this with this game. Does do the Falcons beat the Rams this week? Or are you going opposite this week, Miles? Okay, I, I like to bring this up a lot. I brought it up a lot when we were talking about the Falcons playing ASUT, just that their history against the teams they're playing. And since Matt Ryan has entered the league in 2008, the Falcons have not lost to the Rams. So take that into play. Take the fact that they're not performing well, even though they could have won last week, wasn't really the team's fault. Just, you know, missed kicks happen, and that's the worst time for it to happen. Not Matt Matt Bryant's fault, but no reason to shy away from that. He'll get over it. He'll kick fine this weekend, to guarantee it. And the Rams are struggling just as much as the Falcons are, realistically. I mean, yeah, they got a couple more wins, but they were a Super Bowl team last year. This is really disappointing for them. They get Jalen Ramsey, Marcus Peters is gone, and keep to leaves on IR. So this defense, realistically to me, this defense looks worse now because now they're lacking any corners aside from Jalen Ramsey, and he has to adjust to his new system, and they still can't get a pass rush going. And Matt Ryan is the first quarterback in 66 quarterbacks, or so sorry, 67 quarterbacks have had a 75-plus completion percentage for 350-plus yards and four touchdowns. And only one of them has lost that game, and it was Matt Ryan last Sunday. So that shows you that this offense is carving up things. This defense isn't performing well, and Jared Goff sucks, so I'm going to go with the Falcons. <laughs> All right, well, big upset pick for Miles. Didn't see that one coming. Atlanta. Let me go with Paul. Paul, what do you feel on this game? Jesus. You haven't gone against the Cowboys once. Be quiet. And Paul hasn't gone against the Steelers once. Even with that, I'm batting 500. What is your record with Atlanta? I don't. I mean, I'm not playing favorites here. I'm just saying. <laughs> you lost to the Jets. Wow. At least, at least, Dre, at least, Dre, at least, Dre, Yeah, we'd like to compare that statement. We'll keep that one on record about the Jets when the Jets are easily one of the better teams. We'll we'll keep that one on record. Paul, let me let me get you real quick. What do you have on this game? Uh, I honestly think that I don't know what the Rams are doing. Like they didn't need corner help. They need offensive line help. They can't protect anybody. Uh, I I just don't know what to expect from the Falcons. I do know that Matt Ryan and that offense are clicking. Miles is 100% right about that. I just don't know what the Rams are going to do. Um, I'm going to say that the Rams win this game, but they don't cover all right, Dre, how are you feeling about the Rams-Falcons matchup? 
<clears throat> you know, the, the Rams signed Jalen Ramsey for a reason, and it is to shut down Julio Jones. And he's going to do that. Jones is going to have like two receptions for 20 yards. And then we've been, we've been, we've been uh, asking our question, where the hell is Aaron Donald? He's going to show up in this game. He's going to sack Matt Bryant three times. He's going to get a fumble and he's going to return it for a touchdown. (laughs) Book it. (laughs) Book it. <laughs> nah, but after Miles said that the Falcons have never lost to the Rams, I'm gonna listen to him for the first time ever, <laughs> and I'm gonna take the Falcons. <laughs> but the Aaron Donald thing's gonna, you, but the Aaron Donald thing is gonna happen. He's gonna score a touchdown. Oh. We'll take that part serious from you, but you're going to take the Falcons. Yeah, I'm definitely taking the Rams in this game and to cover the spread. I think Atlanta will lose at home. It's going to be one of those games that's going to be the solidifying cement where Atlanta loses their coach. Maybe a couple other staff members. I think the Rams go in there and have a statement game. Um, I think the defense will play inspired football behind a new leader. I think that it's a Robert Woods game type of game as he's going to destroy that secondary. Um, and um, I'm really liking the Rams on the road. Um, the only reason I say that is because Miles is so confident in Atlanta. So I am picking the Rams to win big. I picked your Cowboys <laughs> for you so you don't complain. <laughs> Would you like me to tell you why the Eagles could easily oh, dissect no, I, the I, Cowboys? I can, definitely, I can definitely pick the Eagles and beat the Cowboys. I'm just choosing not to. Um, but I, I do think the Rams are, are going to play a good game of football. I think that they're going to get so much criticism and – um, the Falcons have a hard time defending that the run-pass combo when they're done effectively. And I know you guys are worried about the offensive line, but the defensive line is nothing to write home about with the Atlanta Falcons. So I just think the talent is is about equal. I think in the trenches, it's going to be about equal. So with that being said, they have Todd Gurley. If Todd Gurley is practicing at full like he did today, that, that run-pass combo is going to be effective all game. Atlanta's not going to have an answer. So I think who scores more points, that's the Rams, and I think easily by more than three. So... That's my pick. Let's move on to the Houston-Indianapolis game. Um, Houston on the road, uh, a one-and-a-half-point favorite on the road uh, to Indy. And um, we will start with Paul on this game with this AFC matchup, and AFC South matchup. Who do you have in this game? It was a total coin flip. But this just feels like one of those situations where you think that the Houston Texans have it all figured out, and then they go and shit the bed. I'm going to take yep. the Colts to win at him and cover. Well, yep. they're, they're okay. dogs. Well, they're, yeah. the, they're the dogs, yeah. Miles, how are you feeling, champ? Both these teams' last games were beating the Chiefs, and they did it in two completely different ways. The Colts shut down the offense, went up to their defense, and the Texans just outscored them as best as they could. I'm always going to pick defense over offense. I'm going to go with the Colts this week. Dre, you feeling the same way? You riding the Colt? Yeah, I think uh, I agree with Paul. Uh, it's Everybody thinks the Texans have figured things out, and they're just going to suck uh, this week. So, Colts win. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, def- yeah. I, I definitely O'Brien. know Fucking that Houston has down. not figured it out. That's why I'm picking them to win this game and cover the spread because Houston, when you when you know, okay, they're about to shit the bed this week. This is here's the Bill O'Brien game. Boom! 
huge win on the road, and this is a contender. And all of a sudden, boom, next week, another big win, and they're 6-2, and two, and they're flying. And that's when the streak happens, where they lose three in a row, and they're 6-5 and five winning the wow. so, uh, You know, that's that's when it happens. I'm not there yet. But Houston, going to keep riding. Um, I like to contradict a little about what you said, Miles, because I think Houston ran the ball effectively and copied that Colts game plan. I think they found that Achilles heel and recognized that Mahomes wasn't gonna wasn't gonna um, scramble out of the pocket, which is what Denver is going to try to emulate as well. Um, I think the Chiefs have to figure out a counter to that. They haven't figured it out yet. They tried a different game plan, didn't work. So I think the Chiefs get it a little bit more right as we picked that game earlier. But Houston's going to have uh, a little bit more of a chip on their shoulder. Um, Indy has won three of the last four, even with 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 and without Andrew Luck. And if you don't remember the one that they, they did win or the one that Indy won, it was um, – uh, I'm sorry, the last one they lost was an overtime uh, go for it on, I think it was go for it on fourth down. I may be remembering it wrong, but it was it was a chippy game and they had a lot of controversy in that game. And so um, I do expect Houston to come out um, and really kind of punch in the mouth. Um, Indy's coming off their bye week, correct? Yes. Yep. Yeah. So yes. so it, it'll it'll be a high energetic game, but I do think that Houston figures this, figures this out on the road and wins by, by at least two points. I'm not I'm not worried about the spread on this one. All right, so when it goes to um, the next game, it's the Chargers visiting the Titans. And, if, of course, I, who goes first on this? This one's Paul. Yeah. So so the Chargers visit the Titans. Titans are a two-point favorite at home. So I'm going to start with you, Paul, so you can kind of pulse the rest of us. Who are you picking in this game and why? Uh, I, I, I'm going to take the Titans because I'm going <laughs> to this guy drop 30 grand. <clears throat> On the fucking Titans. Are you kidding me? Kill yourself. Wow. And kill yourself. <laughs> no, no, I, I would be so sick to my stomach putting that much money on a, a team that you have no fucking idea what they're going to do from week to week. I just feel like Tannehill coming in this week, it, it, that could give them a little bit of a bump. But that offensive line is fucking garbage for the Titans. It's terrible. <clears throat> Um, but the, char- the the Chargers are a team also in disarray. Like I've seen that that offensive line can't protect Rivers. You know, <clears throat> had a, you know, a bug up his ass too right now. I mean, he's all over the social media about. I, I don't mean I don't even really really know what's happening there. They can't figure out uh, Eckler or uh, Gordon. They can't figure out that situation. I just feel like I feel like Tennessee is going to get this win at home and. You guys can go with what you want off of that. Uh, Dre, I'm going to go over to you. And how are you feeling on the Titans and Chargers? Are you feeling uh, like a bolt of lightning? Or are you riding that Tennessee train? I've been riding that uh, Tennessee train, uh, I think, for the last couple of weeks. But I've I've never, ever trusted a Ryan Tannehill-led team. So just going off of Paul's pick, I'm going to do the opposite, right. like we're all supposed to do. So I'm going to take the Chargers. <laughs> That's a very safe play. Miles, how are you feeling on this game? So these past couple of weeks, I've really been calling out the Chargers because they were favorites in that Broncos game and they were favorites in the Steelers game. And I went against them and, hey, I was right. They're not as good as everyone thinks they are. And... 
And when you look at any Tennessee game, it's always a gamble. You want to talk about gambling? Picking the Tennessee game is a fucking gamble. They can win, they can lose, no matter what their team looks like. But making the switch from Mariota to Tannehill is not the right move. And it's going to be the move that loses in this game. The Chargers defense doesn't do well against motion quarterbacks. Dual threat guys. And that's what Mariota is. Mariota's going to get his job back after this week. Let's just say that. Tannehill's fucking garbage. There's not one defining quality about Tannehill. Tell, can you tell me one defining he- quality about Tannehill? He's got lackluster throw power. His accuracy sucks. His awareness is horrible. And he can't even run. Flacco or Tannehill? Wow. <laughs> Flacco over Tannehill. Whoa. Honestly, but even then, it's still such a gamble to pick against Tennessee. And that's something that I do. That's just my advice. Whenever you're looking at a Tennessee game, you can flip a coin for it because it will not make a difference. But my gamble this week will be on the Chargers because I've been shitting on them lots recently. And like I said, Tannehill is going to be the downfall for the Tennessee. So $30,000. Was that $30,000 bet to win this game? Yes, minus one. Let me tell you, that's that's that that he can book it. That's gonna be a win this week. All right, let me tell you why. All right, Tennessee. Really go with me. I, I, mean. I, I just need three words, okay? Mister Derrick Henry. That's it. A lot of running backs have been running all over the Chargers this year. They are very bad against the run. Derrick Henry. I, I don't know, guys. I think I'm hearing a 200 yard game. I, I don't know. If you're Derrick Henry owner, I don't. I would probably start that if that was the case. So I'm just going to put it out there. Derrick Henry runs all over the place. Ryan Tannehill throws two picks to Desmond King. But the Tennessee Titans do win this game, and they do cover the spread. I'm picking the I'm picking the Titans at home. So let, let's do your recap. Fantasy starters for this week are Derrick Henry, Carrion Johnson, Robert Woods, Leonard Fournette. and Leonard Fournette, right? That is correct. All right, thank you. Darren Waller and Trevor Davis. <laughs> Ryan oh, Grant. Ryan Grant. Don't pick any, don't, none of those last three, though. Those are all jokes. Don't pick any of those. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding on that one, too. Don't pick Mitchell Trubisky. Don't do that. Oh, God, and Joe Flacco. Kirk Cousins. <laughs> <laughs> all right, guys. Final game of the week. Feels like it took forever to get here, but it's been a wonderful journey. Baltimore visiting Seattle. I was wondering where this game was at. Seattle, a three and a half point favorite at home of the 12th man. Baltimore visiting them. Um, let's go ahead and and start this one with Dre. Dre, are you going to take the Ravens on the road, or is the better bird in Seattle? You know, everybody's saying that the Raven, that the Ravens, their defense is going to get an upgrade with Marcus Peters, but you forget that he always gets burned with the long ball. And that's exactly what Russell Wilson is good at, throwing the long ball. So uh, I'm going to take the Seahawks, but I don't like the three and a half. I think they're only going to win by three. So uh, I take the Seahawks, but they won't cover. And uh, just before Ernest makes that you've picked uh, that they're going to cover in all of the games except for the Lions. So, just so you know that before you make your next pick. <laughs> I'm, really, I'm really glad you mentioned that because I'm next to talk, and I and I really appreciate that. 
And <laughs> and so I am picking the Seattle Seahawks to win this game. However, they will not cover. I do think that um, Baltimore will play this close to home, if not win the game. Um, but I think Seattle at home, that, that 12th man feeling, I always like. I always like that with the home team with Seattle. It, it's just, it just makes sense. But uh, you took the words out of my mouth. I, I think Tyra Lockett's due for a big game. Um, a, a common term is is down down the field yards, um, in, in in where we analyze the receivers and how long before they catch a ball, um, and and he he averages top five every year, and this year is no different. He's number three in the league, and he's due for one of those big games. Um, DK Metcalf is an absolute monster. Russell Wilson has been arguably probably one of the top three MVP candidates, and not top two. Um, my MVP candidate, if anybody cares, is Christian McCaffrey so far this year. And um, when it comes to uh, this game, Lamar Jackson's going to have a big game on the ground. I don't know passing-wise. If Marquise Brown is out again, he obviously has no other choice but to go to Mark Andrews. And I do think that the linebacker core for Seattle is very good. We'll have to see if he can get back to the old sooner um, as much as he has been before. So I am picking Seattle not to cover at home. I think Seattle is the safer pick. Um, but Baltimore could easily form an upset if Marquise Brown is healthy and this ends up being a, a slugfest, high-scoring affair. I think that I do think that leans towards Baltimore more. They've had more experiences here with it. Miles, uh, let's go over to you. How are you feeling on this game? Okay, uh, I'm going to make my pick real quick and then I got to jet to a movie. Wait, so you got to make your fantasy draft I'll be, I'll be real as well. <laughs> yeah, is that, is that, is that uh, Zombieland I'll, 2? I'll do is that Zombieland 2? No, I'm going to go see Joker again. Oh, my again. gosh. Just make your pick. That's terrible. <laughs> it's terrible. <laughs> uh, I'll be real I'll be real quick with this one. Uh, Russell Wilson looking like an MVP. Baltimore's had a hot start against two of the worst teams in the league, and now they suck. going to be real simple on that. I don't, I'm not going to ride with Baltimore unless it's against a weak opponent, just like Dallas. So I'm going to go with the Seattle Seahawks. Thanks, Miles. Don't leave. Give me one second. And Give me one second, guys. Miles. Paul, make a pick. Uh, Seahawks uh, win, but they don't cover. They like to play quick games. So perfect. I want. Uh, oh, oh, go ahead. Go ahead, Paul. Go. No, 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 no. You're good. Okay. One last bonus pick because we're all on the phone here. Let's go ahead and make this last pick. Astros Yankees series ends Sunday, so we can make the pick. Who do you guys have in the series, Miles? Ooh. That's tough for me. I'm going to go with the Astros. I have them as my World oh. Series champion right now, so I'm, I'm not going to go against that. That's a good reason. high note, Miles. We'll talk later. Thanks for joining us today. That was Miles Bloomquist, right, everybody. Dre, who do you have? Wait, don't go. Let's make – oh, we had him to make the, uh, the the basketball pick. Oh, man, we forgot. We'll have to get him. We'll have to message him. Immediately. No, we got to wait for – we got to – this is the easiest question that you've made all day. Astros, <laughs> baby. Woo! <laughs> Astros all the way. Paul, oh, I have to ask you too. Astros or Yankees? I like the Astros before the series. I think this rain out today is it slants everything in the Astros starting pitching favor. Uh, uh, the Astros win. Probably in- Absolutely. I, I mean, I, there's a reason why I do this podcast with y'all. There was a reason why we, we all got together on this. Um, and and I, I completely love the Astros. And the Astros are going to – that's my team. So hey. I had to ask. One more thing, ball, one ball. more thing, Ernest. I, I just want to piggyback off what you said at the start of the show. This week, if you guys are thinking about taking overs, take them. When when controversy happens with these officials, the following week, they eat flags. So, if you guys yep. are thinking an offensive game, I would lean toward the overs this week. 
Absolutely agree. Were you going to say something there, Drake? Yeah, Paul's on the clock, so how about it? <laughs> Paul, who's your, who's your pick? Who's your final pick? Uh, what, do we, what do we have left? Uh, hold on. I, I like to have to flip off the... To see who's I'll tell left. you in a sec. We got Darren Fox, Chris Paul, give, Darren give, Jackson. Give, give me Darren Fox. All right. Ernest, go. Oh, man. I don't want to rekindle with an old girlfriend and Chris Paul. So um, I'm going to go. Gosh, that is so tough. I want go, me to keep Derek Favors. Is Derek Favors on the list? Yes. Okay. I'm going Derek Favors. I need another big. All right. Awesome. There we go. Miles, Miles is on the clock. <laughs> Damn. We'll send that message. Yep. But let me go ahead and do the sign off. All right, give me one second. I'll give it a little break so I can I can edit. <laughs> well, thank you, everybody. That is our primetime picks and our fire round picks. That is our episode. A special thank you to Miles Bloomquist, Dre Rogers, and Just Paul. And from far away, Von Dale, Steve Reisner, and John Matthews, we hope to see you guys next week. We hope you guys have a great week. Wish you guys have all the best picks in the world. Trust me, Cowboys are winning this week. Have a great one day, everybody. You've been listening to analysis from around the NFL and NBA on the Sports Genes Into the Lab podcast. Send your questions on www.thesportgene.com or on the Anchor app and follow the Sports Gene on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and Overtime Heroics today.